welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's underrated. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is overrated. Um, speak for yourself, Michael. That would be Michael Newman. Thank you. Okay. Well, who are you? <laughs> I'm Ryan Newman. I'm uh, and I'm joined by the other brother who is impossible to underrate. <laughs> I'm going to save me. you some time. It's an insult. It's an <laughs> yeah, I had, yeah. to, I had to kind of think about that, but I'm still just going to answer Trey Newman. All right. So the, the three of us have each come up with four over-unders for the 2021 season. We're going to present them to each other and... You got to make your pick. So let's get right into it. Trey, what's up? All right. We are looking at the Big 12 and in terms of the New Year's Six. So I'm setting an over under on one and a half Big 12 teams that make it to the New Year's Six. Yeah, that's definitely the right line. Uh, I mean, when talking about New Year's Six, not, not too many folks can make that. But uh, you have two teams for the Big 12 that will be, you know, top 10 preseason teams, OU and Iowa State. Um, and just because of that, I'm, I'm going to take the over, uh, I know it's not just those two teams. Uh, they obviously have great chances. They're both well capable, but you could toss in a surprise team here and there that could make it. I think like a Texas could end up having a good year. TCU Trace could see them. He just loves his, uh, TCU, but, but even like Okie state. So there's, mm-hmm. there's teams out there that, uh, outside of that top two that can make a run. So if one of the top two does falter, uh, there might be another team to pick up the slack. So I'm going, uh, I'm going over on that one. I am also going over. I pointed at the, the exact five teams you just did there. They all have a shot, obviously the led, led by OU and, and Iowa state. Uh, but I looked back at the, in the playoff era, we've had, uh, seven seasons and the big 12 has had two teams in five of them. So even just looking at recent history, I think over is a good bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the reason I kind of went with that is because you've got Oklahoma and Iowa State at the top, and then there is, at least in the preseason, there's a bit of a gap until oh, you yeah. get to the three through five. But like you said, three through five or whatever could jump up. But, you know, if Iowa State just fell on their face, then you need one of those others to, to jump up. But totally fair. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, my first one here. Uh, I got uh, over or under two and a half QBs. To pass for at least 40 touchdowns this year. Okay, so I am going to go over. Uh, starting in, in 2014, here's the, the number of players to do it every year. So it's been 3-3-6, three, 2-3-3-2. Three, two, three, three, two. And last year was a shortened season, so I kind of yeah. throw, throw that one out. So it usually goes over, and I don't see you know passing trends going down anytime soon. But I did, I found some trivia here. Um, so in the, in the CFP era, only two players have passed for 40 touchdowns in consecutive seasons. I mean, you could throw out a guess if you guys want, or I can give you hints, but. Uh, CFP era, consecutive seasons throwing 40. Um, oof. What about, hmm. Did I'll Justin Fields? Baker? Baker Mayfield is correct. Oh, I was thinking about Baker. Fields didn't do it last year, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's right. right. It was the Fields, Jordan, Fields yeah. did it once. So the other um, one... The other one is very difficult, so I'm going to have to to give you a hint oh, on it. 
Any any previous? Uh, is it a uh, a G five quarterback? Yes, Brady it is. White. No, that's that's not Jane a bad Bechel? guess, but no. Uh no. Ah, uh, I don't think either of the right conference? those guys. <laughs> You're not in the right conference. No. Oh. <laughs> that's, All right, I'm gonna tell you the team. I'm gonna tell you the right. team because we could be here forever. So the team is Western Kentucky. Oh. So even then, it's not a gimme. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking of Pegram in the recent history, but that's not oh, it, obviously. No, uh, um, it was 2014 and 2015. Is that when they had... No, that was way back. Oh, man. God, I, I'm blanking on his name right that's now. That's fine. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Brandon Dowdy. Oh, oh not, wouldn't, wouldn't have wouldn't got really it. really blanking on it. Wouldn't have got <laughs> it. That's, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Damn. Uh, that was before we were college football podcasters. Yeah, true. Now we, we, we know everything that's happened right. in the last three years. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, oh no, wait, Trey still got to answer. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did mention that I'm actually going to go under and I know the recent history and, and whatnot has kind of pointed otherwise, but last year I know it was the court COVID shortened year. So it's a little skewed, but there were, there, you know, there was two guys that did go over 40, but then third place was Zach Wilson and he was way down there at 33. So he still had a little bit of a ways to go. Um, and I, 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 you know, I initially thought I'm going to go over, but when you look at those top two guys from last year, Alabama and Florida quarterbacks, Trask and Jones, those are two guys that are going to be replaced. And when you look at Florida's case, they're going to, they're going to go to maybe a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. So they might, Emory Jones might not just jump right in and throw for 40. Yep. And then Alabama, there's still some questions on like uh, Bryce Jones will be fine. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but maybe they'll run Young. the rock. What did I say? Bryce Jones, Bryce, Bryce Jones. Young. You, you, you mix yeah. Bryce Young and. Mac yeah, Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe they'll run the ball, the ball of Scosh more new offensive coordinator. But, uh, so that's kind of why I went under. It's just not going to be, there's not an incumbent coming in. Yeah. And one I was taking a look at last year's list too. I don't know if you, you didn't just mention Dylan Gabriel, did you? No, I just said Zach no, Wilson said, no. was 33 yeah. or whatever. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Gabriel is one of those guys that you think has a chance this upcoming year too. But then I'm just wondering, like, how much is, is Gus Malzahn's offense, you know, if he was in Josh Heupel's yeah. offense, I think I'd be more confident he's going to explode, but that gave me some cause for pause. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, our, our next over under is over under one coaching change in the big 12 before the 2022 season. So it could be someone getting fired, someone retiring, right. getting promoted somewhere. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking at the list of of Big 12 coaches, it seems unlikely that a coach would be fired because of how early most of them are in their tenures and then the coaches that are longer in their tenures, they're, you know, they're they're pretty much untouchable now for the most part. Like you got those Patterson, Camp Campbell and Lincoln Riley. Um, but something could and happen Gundy. and I, and oh, sorry, and Gundy, yeah. Something could happen. I'm going to go over um two definitely would be tough. But I think it's two is more likely than zero in this case. I could see maybe I've mentioned it before. Maybe Patterson retires if they have an average year. Matt Campbell or Lincoln Riley have flirted with the NFL or in Campbell's cases, other jobs. Um, there's just always surprises in the coaching world. So I'm going to bank on at least one, maybe two. All right, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say that it goes under here. Um, all these guys, it's, it's obviously it's so hard to forecast, but the guys that think that it could potentially maybe get fired. The list is very short, like you kind of mentioned. Maybe Matt Wells from Texas mm-hmm. Tech. I could see him getting let go if they just kind of fall out, which you know obviously yeah. happened. But uh, That's other than point. that, I, who could get fired? Um, I'm not yeah, scandal aside, but he really could, you know. So 
so that's going to be a challenge for the firing, right? So, and I, I don't think Wells will get fired. I think he'd probably be able to get one more year. So, um, the other question is, does people leave? And I, I don't know. I don't think Rick and Riley's going to go. I think he'll just stay at well, Rick and Riley. Continue to nominate. <laughs> what? It sounded yeah, like you said Rick and Riley. Over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rick and Riley. Uh, yeah. So I, I just, I'm going to go under. I don't think it's likely to get two. Uh, so I could see, you know, Kansas got a new coach, uh, you know, West Virginia, Neil Brown's doing great. New coach Texas, Baylor one year, so it's just I'm going under. Yeah, whoever whoever is fired or yeah moves on, it will be a surprise. But yeah, there's just ten opportunities there for a surprise. So it's a tough one. Yep. All right, moving on. Um, they we're gonna go out west. There's a lot of hope going into this year with with the Pac-12 since they return a lot of production. So over under three Pac-12 teams to finish in the top twenty-five. So this is a tough one. In the playoff era, the Pac-12 has averaged 3.14 uh, teams ranked in the final AP poll, but most of those came in 2014 through 2017. The last few years have been pretty slim. Uh, but actually, I think you set the right number. I think I think three is the right number. The the Pac-12 as a conference has, I think, the most returning production of of any Power Five conference. So I think they'll be better and prove on the the one from last year. It was only yeah. USC yeah. that finished ranked last year and they probably uh, didn't but, even deserve it yeah yeah borderline yeah, for sure uh but i think in the preseason this upcoming year four maybe five pac-12 teams will be ranked i think definitely oregon usc and washington again this is in the preseason and then maybe asu and or utah so there there's plenty of opportunities there ucla should be better um so i'm kind of making the case for why it will go over but i'm Going the other way, I'm going under. <laughs> um, I was just making the case for why it'll be more than than one or two like it's been the past few years. But I just think that there's a lot of kind of parity after, I guess, Oregon. You know, I, I feel like these teams, there's not a ton separating them. So I could see a lot finishing in that 26 to 40-ish type range. But maybe they'll kind of beat each other up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here. Uh, I really do think the returning of, of production is gonna play a, a big factor here. Last year they were kind of down, but this year they're gonna be up. Uh, there's a lot of good teams. I th- I like UW coming into this year. I think they're gonna have really good defense. Oregon, of course, is gonna have a lot of talent. Uh, but those two teams I listed, they have huge early tests uh, against Big Ten schools. So you know, obviously out of the gate here is a major factor with you know Washington going to to Ann Arbor and then Oregon going to uh, Columbus, Ohio. So. Those are two huge, huge early, early tests for the, for the Pac-12. And they need that if they're going to get over. Uh, they need to at least win. Washington at least needs to win. Again, it'd be a yeah. tough one at Ohio State, but Washington needs to hopefully pick off Michigan. Um, but I, you know, USC's got a lot coming back. I know they defense won't be all that great, but I like them for them to do enough. And there's, I think there's some surprise teams that could come up too. I mean, yes, ASU is there, Utah, of course, but UCLA could surprise. They got a lot of people coming back. It could be that it could be Chip Kelly's year there. I'm, you know, Cal could put together a good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't be too shocking. And then I'm going to throw out Wazoo, man. They have a ton of returning production. They had a really hard start, hard, hard get, um, first year last year, uh, for Rolovich. That's first year. That was a tough gig with the, some injuries. And then of course the COVID year. So they could make a leap. Uh, so I'm going over and it's my turn to, t- to say the next thing. Aren't <laughs> okay. <I? laughs> All right, uh, here we go. So over or under a one and a half ACC teams that will stay within 10 points of Clemson. I, I like this. Um, I am going to go under. Um, so, you know, assuming they're healthy, 
Clemson is going to be massive favorites in their ACC games. Uh, we've, we've mentioned it before. They, they got a favorable draw, uh, even by ACC standards for this year. Um, looking at SP plus the co- the closest spreads that I'm seeing are at NC state at Pitt and at Louisville, but all of those would have Clemson over a two touchdown favorite. Um, I do think one game will happen where it's under 10 and be close and maybe even get upset or whatever, but I don't know about two now. So it, it could potentially come down to the ACC title. If you're including that in where you'd maybe draw Miami or I North Carolina, I guess um, I did say ACC teams so. for, for me, that would be my, the second one if it were to happen, but I'm going to go under. Yeah. I, I wasn't including the ACC title when I was thinking about this one, that would make it tougher, but yeah. as it is, I got to go under, um, just because, like you said, they, the ACC, of course, outside of Clemson, isn't very good. And the second and third best teams, North Carolina and Miami, are not on Clemson's schedule. So it's just a crazy draw. And arguably the fourth best team. There's a lot of teams that could argue for that. But Virginia Tech, also not on Clemson's schedule. So, um, And I just, I, I see Clemson being, they, they might be like my number one team headed into next year. There's obviously a few teams in competition yeah. there, but... Uyunglele, I'm sure, is going to be great. We saw a little bit of them last year. They get Justin Ross back on offense. Everyone's back on defense uh, yeah. for the most part. So I think I think one's the most likely number here. But zero is in play. They could win every so game. So if I by... set it at one, would you guys have? I would still one? go under. I th- without oh, the ACC title, I think zero is more likely than two. All right. Yeah. I mean, you look back yeah. like so. If I said well, it, because we've half. seen, we've <laughs> saw, well, we saw. <laughs> then I would go over. Well, okay. half, half close. But we've seen like uh, a couple years ago, Alabama beat every team in the SEC by double digits, and they might have done mm-hmm. that twice. I don't know. So it's and and they have they had a tougher schedule than than Clemson does. So well, yeah, and Clemson. So let's just go back. Uh, this past year, it was one. Boston College kept stayed within ten points. Well, I'm not counting Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't count yeah, that. I mean, because yeah. they're not. You know, they don't have <laughs> yeah, Notre Dame on the schedule. Uh, no. Fake year. Fake year. Uh, 2019. It was one. Just North Carolina, and no one was even close. No one else was even close to ten points. 2018. <laughs> it was only Syracuse who they lost to, but no one else was even close. Or maybe they won in 2018 against Syracuse. Um, maybe it was the year before they lost. I don't remember. But uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. That's what I'm going under. It's a yeah. It's tough. Okay, next question. Over under zero zero point five upsets in the following three week one games. So will the favorite get upset in any of these games? Notre Dame at Florida State, Alabama against Miami, and Louisiana at Texas. All right. So Notre Dame Florida State's a seven point spread. So Notre Dame's uh, well at least according to the early 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 lines here. So seven points. Notre Dame's favored. Uh, I saw Texas nine favored, and a half, nine. but whatever. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it's funny how they vary because I saw a nine and a half in Notre Dame, oh, but still. okay, so seven. There's probably one out there that's seven. Yeah, Texas is about nine ish over yeah. Louisiana, and then Alabama I see them seventeen or so over yep. Miami. So yep. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say one of one of the the smaller spreads happens. Uh, Florida State I could definitely see happening. Notre Dame obviously loses a bunch. Florida State could you know be uh, ready to go for that one big game. They'll be, they could be pumped up. And I could see Louisiana, of course. They're an experienced team going up against a team that's not going to be experienced, at least in their system, uh, in Texas. So their first game is a tough one for Sark in the first game. Uh, so I, I think one of those two will happen. I'm not going to t- say which one. I don't want to upset any fan bases here. 
But <laughs> I could see one definitely happening. I think they will. It's not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna I, be Miami though. Sorry, Miami. Ah, uh, yeah. You never know. But I, I think these. Th- but when you combine these three, I think the math kind of works because if you look at those point spreads of say it's split the difference between Ryan and I at eight points and then nine and then seventeen. But the, those eight to nine point underdogs or eight to ten, that's about a twenty to thirty percent chance to win outright. So you you kind of add those two, then plus whatever the little bit of percentages for Miami, you're at like kind of flipping a coin. And you know we saw we saw the Knolls last year; they upset North Carolina in Tallahassee, so they're capable. Mm-hmm. Maybe McKenzie Milton goes off, and and like you said, Ryan, with the new system with Sark. It wouldn't shock me. Like I think if it was year two in these systems or Notre Dame had people coming back, I would wouldn't I'd go under, but I'm also gonna go over because of that. All right. All right, what's next? To you to you try. Yes, it is back to me. So we are gonna go with you know, the past few years it seems like the top teams are just totally separating themselves from from the field. So over under one and a half unbeaten teams going into the bowl games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough line. It's a good uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to go under. Uh, so I'm going to say one team does it. I'm not going to say who, but between Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, th- they all have new quarterbacks. Oklahoma. I mean, obviously we've oh, okay. Seen them. Go on. They all have, yeah, they all have new quarterbacks. Well, we've, I mean, we've seen them have thrive with new quarterbacks, but there's a chance they could slip. Um, OU hasn't done that since 04. Uh, so it's, I don't see OU doing that. Uh, Pac-12 is way too balanced. Um, so Cincy could do it and a G5 team. Uh, but they have some tough games. They go to Notre Dame and Indiana. Then of course the AAC is tough. They got some tough uh, squads there. So I'm just going to say only one does it. I'm not confident that, uh, there'll be more than that. Yeah, so in the CFP era, I feel like I've been saying that a lot this episode, but <laughs> this has gone over three times and under three times. So I think you said a good line. The last, I mean, well, actually, and I'm not counting last year. Yeah, last year was there was I, shortened I, schedules. Yeah, shortened yeah. schedules. That's why I've only counting those six. Um, but I mean, it's gone under. It's never been zero. It's always been at least one. And when it goes over, sometimes it's gone kind of well over. So. My initial inclination was maybe I should just not look more into this and just go over, but I did overthink it, so I am also <laughs> yeah, going you. under. Just oh, well, because it I think surprises me. I know, I know. I, I maybe this would be better off. Like, like I said, I'm just overthinking it. But here's no, here I, was my thinking. So one one big reason is that Georgia and Clemson play each other. So there's a two oh, teams yeah, that would have had point. a chance to go undefeated. That boom, one of them's already getting a loss week one. Um, Oregon and Ohio State, two teams that have a chance. I mean, Oregon to a lesser extent, but still, that's that's going to give one of them a loss. And then the G5 teams that have the best chance to to go undefeated have tough schedules. Cincinnati has Notre Dame and Indiana. Uh, Louisiana has to go at Texas. Even Boise State has a, a really tough non-conference. So I just think those kind of factors there make make one likely, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about this is. If I knew the results of Clemson, Georgia, that would absolutely change my answer. Cause if, or, because Clemson, if Clemson wins, a, there's such a high probability yeah, of them going, going undefeated, undefeated that yeah. I'm going over. I'm just, you know, I just need one more team. If Clemson loses, then I still probably think Georgia at one point will lose. Maybe they'll lose to Bama in the SEC title or, or Florida, whoever. 
So then I would feel better about an under. Uh, that makes sense. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing though, looking back, cause forgetting last year, cause it was so short, but 2019 and 18, there was three and four respectively, cause I think you had like, you know, UCF got a, had a couple in there that were unbeaten and, but it's amazing that even these top teams, Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson were, were still going unbeaten, but, over the long run, that it has been under the one and a half. So, yeah, it was interesting to hear you guys thinking. It's tough to go undefeated. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my next one here. Over or under a one and a half Big 12 quarterback and running back duos with more combined touchdowns than Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, the QB red receiver, QB running back duo for Ohio, Iowa State. Uh, another tough question. Uh, so, Brees Hall had 23 total touchdowns last year. Not too many guys get more than that in a given season, so I'll just pencil them in for about the same uh, this upcoming year. Brock Purdy had 24 total touchdowns, but he had 35 the year before, so I'm going to go somewhere in between there, somewhere maybe on the higher end. I'll say 32, so I'm at 55, give or take, combined. Now, I can kind of eliminate like 7 of the 10 Big 12 teams right away. (laughs) So Baylor, West Virginia... Texas Tech, K State, and Kansas. I just yeah. Would, yeah can't see them have having good enough offenses. It would take no. a an injury uh, to one of the two guys we're talking about for for them to right. beat them. Uh, TCU, I doubt it with with Max Duggan and Zach Evans. I mean, it's not impossible, but I'm not sure if Duggan will seems get unlikely passing touchdowns. Yeah, and then um, Oklahoma State. I just I don't totally trust Spencer Sanders, um, and there doesn't seem to be one kind of feature back that's going to get all the carries so that leaves me with oklahoma and texas and ou i would i individually i would bet on them to to beat out uh iowa state's pair because rattler himself if he stays healthy i think he could threaten 50 and i I would definitely bet on him to get into the 40s um and you combine that with kennedy brooks and I, i think that's that might get them beat now eric gray the backup running back could throw a wrench in that but anyway i like ou to be more than than iowa state's pair Texas is very tough. I mean, B. John Robinson could blow up and have an amazing year, um, but we're still not sure who the quarterback will be. And if there's maybe a controversy there, if they have to go back and forth, then yeah. that that does it for Iowa State. So I'll go under. But uh, yeah, the biggest threats outside of OU are are injuries to, of course, Hall or Purdy, and yeah. then the Texas yeah. duo. That's a major factor. We we had like the exact. 100% same logic. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to go under because even if I looked at it too, where even if their production regresses a little bit, it's still going to be difficult for two um, teams or, you know, duos to, to overcome them. I'm not saying it's possible because I do think Texas and Oklahoma are worthy threats. And, you know, if there's going to be some surprise, like Zach Evans could, could blow up um, and Duggan could have a lot of running and passing touchdowns, but um but I, I had to lean under. I think one, if the line was one, that would have been more difficult. One, I would have I don't to know, go. I, think, I would have to go over. I think I would go yeah. over. It was kind of one of those lines. W. Yeah, exactly. So I think that was, I think it's a fair line. Yeah, I think it was a good line. Uh, next question over under. Oh, actually, you know what? We're going to save this one for YouTube. So, oh, yeah. uh, later this week we'll, we'll release that. So go to our YouTube. Uh, just search college football bros subscribe. We're up over like 900 subscribers now in our, our quest for a thousand. So, uh, we'd uh, appreciate your, 
your subscription and turn on notifications so you always um, get notified when we post a new video. Uh, but the question is going to be over under five and a half for Clemson quarterback DJ Uyunglele's finish in Heisman voting. So will he finish fifth or better or sixth or worse? So, yeah, we'll save that for YouTube. All right. All right. So one of the storylines going into this year will be what can Bryce Young do as an encore to Tua and Mac Jones in the prior years. So when looking at Alabama's pass offense in terms of yards per game, over under the sixth-ranked pass offense at yards per game. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, of course, with the, the previous two quarterbacks you mentioned, they went, uh, I'll say under, I guess, because they're going a smaller number here, mm-hmm. meaning they did do it. So, um, but I, I'm going to go over. Uh, I think six is kind of the right line here. Um, but there's, there's, there's significant changes going on on their offense. Of course, you, you know, you got a new quarterback. Uh, you know, they got a new offensive coordinator. Um, they're going to have some good receivers. Of course, John Mechie is going to be really, really good. Uh, but they lose, they lose a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, that's, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna feel that, uh, from wide receiver and Devonta Smith. So, uh, I, I'm a, outside of Mechie, uh, and Jalil Billingsley is a, a good tight end, but outside of them, I'm, a, it's a little concerning. They haven't, they don't have some, you know, there's not like that four first rounders or four great NFL receivers like they had a couple years ago. And then this year still have some good talent. So I think it's going to drop a little bit. They're still going to be really good. No doubt about it. It's going to yeah. be amazing, but, I will say it's a little drop and they'll finish maybe in the top 10, but below six. That's fair. Yeah. There's, there's obviously, we all know tons of talent there, tons of, they've been recruiting super well at wide receiver, but yeah, we don't know if it's, it's, it's unlikely, let's just say to be as good as last year and the year before. Uh, That seems very (laughs) unlikely. That's, that's a, it doesn't need to be that good, but still. Yeah. Um, but, but I am, I, so this, that's made this tough for me because you're, you've mentioned all the turnover, but I'm going to go under. Um, I guess I just, I don't know. I don't want to bet against Alabama's offense. They just yeah. seem to reload every year. And you're going to be in high scoring games against teams like Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi State. Just the SEC more and more is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, pass happy offenses. So I could see some, some shootouts. Uh, well, still blowouts in Alabama's favor, but shootouts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 60 I'm, to 30. I'm betting on Bryce Young. I like, I feel like Bryce Young is, I mean, maybe it'll be kind of like a Spencer Rattler type year, in which case, Ryan, you would probably end up being right, where he's still yeah. very good, but he's not yet at the Mac that's Jones what I'm, That's just kind of one of the reasons what I'm hoping. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, hoping. <laughs> okay. But I'm going under, so we got one over, one under. There you go. All right. Uh, my last one here. Over or under 0.5 Service Academy teams with at least nine wins. Michael, what do you think on that one? So are we including bowl games? No. Okay. Then that makes me feel confident. If it was, I would, I would, I was agonizing. Okay, then include bow games. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, still, you could still go either way. You could still go either way. Yeah. So let's start with um, Navy. I would, I would be shocked. They're they're over under three and a half. So yeah, yeah. I, they did do that like a few years ago. I feel like they had a really yeah. bad year and then suddenly won nine or ten games. But I, I would be shocked. Army. Their over-under is 8. The under is favored, so it's kind of more like a 7.8 over-under. Um, so it's possible, but they'd have to... I drop it to 8.5, then that sounds like that's a good line for you. Well, no, you can't. You said it at 9, right? You said it where you said it. <laughs> and then Air Force, they're over-under 6.5. They they had a ton of guys redshirt last year, and their yeah. schedule is is manageable. So they, they have a shot at 9. Like, that's... 
I, I definitely wouldn't write them off, but, uh, Overall, I just, I, I'm maybe getting up in my brain to like a 45% chance that one of these teams gets, gets nine wins. So yeah, that's, I'm going under. I don't think it was a ridiculous line because I really had to think about this. I, I, the only, I ended up going, I really only looked at obviously like Michael, Army and Air Force and Air Force less, but they certainly have a chance, but I, I just kind of focused on Army here and I'm worried about them beating me and, and your line, Ryan, because they really, when you look at their schedule, they really only have kind of that one sure loss where they play at Wisconsin. And then, but the, the challenge with them is they have a bunch of toss ups. Like they play at Georgia State to start the year, at Ball State, host Wake Forest, at Liberty. Like I could see them going three and one, but I could also see them going one and three in those. Um, and it's just, so that was really difficult because if they do go three and one in those, they, if they yeah. can beat those teams, they are nine wins looks good. See, that's yeah. the thing is they kind of have like a five game schedule almost. They have all those games you just mentioned are going to deter- cause the other ones, I mean, maybe oh, they're, they're easy. They're, they're just gimmies. They're like UMass and UConn and just the, for the most part. Of, bat- I mean, they got to play uh, Navy, which can, yeah. can always be tough, but in aggregate, the rest of their schedule is very, very easy. Right. Yeah. I, I got worried outside of Wisconsin. So it's just, it's going to come down to those handful of toss ups. Mm-hmm. I, I, but the wording of the question I kind of messed up on, I guess it already was an eight and a half line because I said at least nine. So nine wins. Oh, it was. You're right. You kind of over under 0.5 service academy teams with at least. Yeah. Nine I just wins. didn't do it like a sports book. <laughs> at least nine. I should have said eight and a half because that's really what it's asking. Oh, yeah. Well, eight and a half. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> You're making it tougher for me. Don't I know. <laughs> nine is <sighs> I. Air Force and Army, man. I feel like so one of them is get to eight. Nine. You got an over under of eight, and then you got the just the puncher's chance of Air Force. Uh, I'll, I'll just go stick under. I'm gonna stick. <laughs> it's gonna a stick t- that, it, uh, either way, it, even at the nine, it was kind of tough for me. So, but I will stay under. Okay, last question of the podcast here: over under zero point five starts for TJ Finley at Auburn this year. So. I'm going to go over and honestly, Trey from a month ago would be kind of shocked with that. Cause when I first heard he was transferring to Auburn, I was a bit surprised. And then I, you know, I thought initially there's no way he would overtake Knicks. And I also, I also kind of thought that he had a worse year Finley did than, than he actually did. I kind of looked back at his, I, I, I looked back at his stats and they weren't overall that, that bad in aggregate. I just happened to watch the, the games that they, he didn't look that great and they lost. Um, you know, and, and for Auburn overall, I'm not expecting big things in Brian Harson's first year. Nick's has had an up and down career, which we know he's gone through a carousel of coaches now. Uh, you know, he had Malzahn, Chad Morris was coaching him this year. Mike Bobo is going to be the offensive coordinator. It's just, there's a lot of change, not to mention Nick's had struggles last year and his three top receivers are gone this year. Um, so I could see Finley getting a start at some point in the year, maybe to change things up if Auburn's on a little slide and maybe their offense is stuck in the mud. I'm going to go under because I, I really just don't think he's very good. Um, I think yeah, he I needs, don't think uh, so either, but <laughs> needs some time. Uh, Bo Nix, while he's not amazing, uh, he's been a starting quarterback there for a couple of years and it's not like he's been terrible. He's had some good moments. So, uh, experienced quarterback, decent is a heck of a lot better than TJ Finley in my eyes. So. I'm, I'm going okay. under. I'm including injury in there too. Not that we're one. Yeah, that's the, that's my worry, of course. Injury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. I'm just going to assume that Bo Nix, who I don't think he's been injured his 
the first two years, so um, sticking with Ryan. Them. Just jinxed him. I got wood here. No. Good. We're all good. We're all good, Bo Nix. Uh, okay. Well, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, again, like we said, check out our YouTube uh, for that question about DJ Uyunglele. And if you haven't heard our thoughts on the the new 12-team playoff, you can. That, that was our last episode up on YouTube right now. So so check that out as well. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.